Hello, everyone, and welcome. This is Let's Sleep On It, Reclaiming Parenthood, the podcast. And I'm your host, Taylor Kulik, a sleep and well-being specialist and occupational therapist. My mission with this podcast is to examine the parenting narratives that dominate our culture and grow together as parents. Here, we will talk about biological infant sleep, as well as many other parenting-related topics. And you'll also hear real empowering journeys from parents who are parenting against the grain. I hope that you walk away from each episode feeling inspired, empowered, and supported. Please remember that none of the information shared in this podcast is medical advice, and you should always speak with a trusted healthcare provider if you have any concerns. Let's dive into today's episode. I want to share with you guys our favorite toothpaste that the entire family uses. It's called Risewell, and Risewell is a fluoride-free toothpaste that has all non-toxic, safe ingredients, so it's even safe if swallowed, which makes it perfect for young children. I love Risewell because... Unlike some of the other natural and non-toxic toothpastes on the market, Risewell contains an ingredient called hydroxyapatite, which is a naturally occurring mineral that actually has been scientifically proven to strengthen and protect our teeth without the use of fluoride. You can save 10% now with the code KULIK10 when you go to risewell.com. And again, that code is KULIK, K-U-L-I-K-10. Hello, everyone. I am so excited for you to join me on this podcast journey. As I mentioned in the introduction, I want to really use this podcast to not only share information, but I also want to give a voice to some of you by allowing you as parents, as caregivers, to share your journey with parenting differently, parenting against the grain, sleep without sleep training, and following your intuition. I think those are the stories that really don't get a fair platform in our society. And I also think that they are stories of such encouragement that so many parents really need to hear. And so I thought that it would be neat to kind of introduce myself by starting with my own story and how I got to where I am today. I became a mother in 2017 to a beautiful baby girl who was also extremely sensitive. And I truly believed that she must be the worst sleeper in the world. At the time, my husband Andy and I were living away from family, so we really didn't have a whole lot of support. And I personally didn't have any any mothers in my life that I felt that I could turn to to guide me into this new journey of parenthood. I remember being so focused on how my baby was sleeping. In fact, it's almost all that I can remember when I think back to those first six months or so. Going into parenthood, I read the same typical baby sleep stuff that probably most of you guys read. I read all of the the blogs about sleep and the websites, and I truly believed that my baby sleep should be improving in the first couple of months. I thought that I wasn't supposed to hold her for all of her naps or rock her or nurse her to sleep. I tried to follow the dreaded easy schedule, the eat, activity, sleep, you time schedule for those of you who don't know about it. And I was so frustrated when my little one just didn't follow that schedule well at all. If I'm being honest, which I always aim to be here, I can't remember much from the first six months of my daughter's life, except for just being so frustrated and so anxious and so overwhelmed by my baby's sleep or lack thereof. I spent hours a day sitting in a dark nursery, trying to lay my baby down drowsy, but awake always failing, 
every time it would fail. It would feel as though it took two hours to get her to sleep for a nap, the quote-unquote right way, of course, only to have her wake up after 30 minutes. Looking back, I really grieve the snuggles and the contact naps that I didn't take because I thought it was wrong. I grieve the joy that I missed out on in those first six months, thinking that there was something wrong with my baby. There was something wrong with me and with how I was parenting. I felt like a total failure because really when you think about it, when everybody just asks you about sleep all the time, it's the number one topic, right? It's the number one topic that you get asked about, that new parents talk about is infant sleep and how your baby is sleeping. And if the focus is on sleep so much and you can't even get your baby to sleep like you think they should be, you can't even manage to do that as a mother How can you not feel like a complete failure? And so her sleep just kept getting worse and worse because no one told me that it's normal for babies to sleep worse after four months than they did as newborns. No one warned me of that. And so every time I went in public and I had conversations with people that I barely knew, inevitably they would ask me how my baby was sleeping. Was she a good baby? Was she sleeping through the night? And every time I had to answer these questions, I felt a surge of self-doubt and shame and embarrassment because I couldn't do the most simple thing of all, the most basic of parenting accomplishments, getting my baby to sleep independently in her crib. So regretfully, I did try a couple of very short stints at sleep training, only allowing my daughter to cry for a couple of minutes at a time because I just couldn't do it. It hurt my heart to hear her cry and to not pick her up. And always when I picked my daughter up, her tears stopped and everything was okay. I wanted to share with you guys that I did try sleep training for a while. And I feel that's so important to share and for you to know that whenever we talk about sleep training on this podcast, I am never coming at a place of judgment. I don't judge you. I don't want to shame you. That's never my intention here. I understand why parents feel the need to sleep train. I truly do because I was there and I felt the need to sleep train. I want this to be a shame-free environment where we can openly discuss the problematic sleep training paradigm, but we don't need to feel shame about it because we, we didn't know, we don't know what we don't know. And most of us, when we try to sleep train, we don't know really what we're doing. So anyways, by the time my daughter was six months old, my husband and I were just absolutely exhausted and we were just trying to survive at this point. I didn't really know how I was going to make it much longer unless I sleep trained, but I knew that I couldn't do that either. I just knew it wasn't for me. It didn't feel right. On desperate nights, and around this time, they were really all mostly desperate nights, our baby ended up in bed with us after I had fed her and I felt so much shame about this. I had been told and made to believe that I was going to kill my baby if I allowed her to sleep in bed with me, that I would crush her, and that bed sharing was just about the worst decision that I could make as a parent. But let me also add that prior to her ever sleeping in bed with us, I did everything I could to avoid it, including accidentally falling asleep with her in the rocking chair, which is never, ever safe. I think I even fell asleep while standing and rocking her a few times. You see, sometimes the pressure to not bed share can actually lead to situations that are even more unsafe than safely bed sharing. But I digress. We'll talk, we'll get to this in a future episode that I have planned for us because I think this is so important. So one day, Andy was talking to a friend of his who was an experienced dad 
telling him our challenges with our baby's sleep, and he simply suggested that we sleep with her in our bed. My husband began begging me to just allow her to sleep with us because, unsurprisingly, she slept fairly well snuggled next to me in our bed. Shocker, right? At first, I wouldn't budge because I was adamantly adamantly against bed sharing. It was dangerous, right? That's what, that's what I've been told my whole life and my whole parenting journey thus far. Allowing our baby into bed would be the biggest failure of all as a parent. But eventually, I gave in because I was desperate and sleep-deprived. And honestly, at that point, I had no choice but to bed share. It was, it was survival mode for us. And guess what happened? We all slept. Pretty well, actually. Now, of course, my baby still woke occasionally, but she was easily nursed and comforted back to sleep. And we all got the most sleep that we'd ever gotten. It was then that I started looking into biological infant sleep and safe bed sharing. I began questioning what I had been told, the narrative that I'd been made to believe about infant sleep. Once I began to release the expectations that I had about how my daughter should be sleeping, I started to enjoy her as the little person that she actually is. Around that same time, I began to feel this urge to somehow help new mothers, new parents. I'm an occupational therapist by background, and I began to brainstorm ideas and ways that I could support new families. Eventually, I found the Isla Grace Sleep Certification Program, and it just really resonated with me, so I jumped in. Through a lot of trial and error and brainstorming and some some shifts in how I was going to operate my business, I found that my niche, my passion, really is supporting new parents, but supporting a very underserved population of new parents, and that is parents who do not want to sleep train. I knew there had to be a middle ground between sleep training and then just never doing anything to improve sleep. So I found that, I found that middle ground through the Isla Grace Sleep Certification Program, which I'll share a little bit more about how I support families in a few minutes. But I do want to share with you where I'm at now with my children and their sleep. So my daughter, who I just shared about, is now three and a half, and she sleeps wonderfully. Over time, we have shifted a lot of patterns very respectfully, and um, my husband, Andy, now puts her to sleep most nights. He supports her sleep at night, and she most of the time can sleep by herself. She falls asleep with us just sitting next to her. Sometimes we don't need to be in the room with her at all, um, but we've shifted a lot of patterns, and her sleep is, is really great now. And so I think that's really important and might be helpful to share with you. Because we don't hear about that enough. We don't hear about the stories of the babies who didn't sleep well, um, but that weren't sleep trained and who sleep now, who sleep well now. And so I want to share those stories with you. I want to share those experiences of children eventually sleeping in their own time without the need to do any form of sleep training. Now I have a seven-month-old boy who is honestly a worse sleeper than my daughter, I prayed that I would get a wonderful sleeper. And I I hate putting those judgments on the sleep, whether it's good or bad or horrible um, or whatever the case may be, but I'm going to just for simplicity's sake. 
he sleeps worse than my daughter ever did. He struggled in the first few months of his life with tongue and lip ties, and those impacted his sleep. Um, if you want to know more about how those impact sleep, I will be doing a future episode on this, but you can also go to my Instagram account where I have a mouth breathing highlight and a tongue tie highlight, and there's some additional information in there for you. Um, so he's, he struggled with sleep in the first few months, and he's, he slept worse than than my daughter ever did. Um, to the point where he would only sleep on top of me. We couldn't even bed share with him laying next to me. He would only sleep if I was holding him for several months. And it was really rough. Now it's it's a little bit better, but of course we have the ups and downs that every baby, most babies have as they go through that first year, especially of life. But where I'm at is that I now understand how babies are supposed to be sleeping. So I understand why he's sleeping the way that he is, why one night he sleeps amazingly and maybe only wakes up one time, whereas the next night he's waking up four or five or six times and seems really restless. And I have the tools in my toolkit to explore some of those causes of the wakefulness to see if I can improve them. But I also know that Sometimes it's just a part of development and it's just a phase and I know that I'm going to get through it. And even just having that perspective shift, that mindset shift has been transformational for me. I'm getting less sleep some nights than I ever did with my daughter, yet I feel better rested and I feel like I can manage because I know that it's not going to last forever. So that's where I'm at now. I don't think that mindset and perspective shift is a total solution for babies who don't sleep well and parents who are sleep deprived. There are so many other factors, which we will talk about in this podcast, but mindset is huge. Acceptance, acceptance of your baby's sleep and just this is the way things are right now and it's nobody's fault and there's nothing wrong with your baby and there's nothing wrong with you as a parent. That really can be so helpful and it has been so helpful for me. So now I help validate families who are going against the grain by not sleep training. I educate families on what normal infant sleep actually looks like, and I help families explore what might be causing excessive disruptions in their child's sleep. And I also help families to gently and respectfully shift patterns that no longer work for them. I believe that baby's mental health matters, and so does the mother's or the caregiver's. I believe we can focus on both without compromising either. And I believe it starts with acceptance of our baby's biological needs. How much easier would it be for us to get through these rough first first year or two of our baby's life if we actually had any idea that it would look like this instead of being bombarded with unreasonable and unrealistic sleep expectations? In addition to supporting families with sleep, I'm really quite passionate about respectful and responsive parenting as a whole. This is something I'm so passionate about, and we'll be chatting about respectful parenting and emotion and boundaries and toddler tantrums as well. I don't want this podcast to be only about sleep. I'm passionate about this because it's still such a big struggle for me, and I'm working on it every day, yet I think it's so incredibly important because the way we parent really does matter. It truly matters to our children, and I would love to have more shame-free conversations about how we raise children and where we can work to make improvements. But I also want to show up here as a work in progress. 
I was raised very differently than how I strive to raise my children. And I have a lot of my own triggers and just, just stuff, just the stuff to work through for my own childhood. I get really angry and I yell a lot. I'm still a good mom and I still have work to do. I'm trying to do better. I'm trying to improve every day. I want to talk about the hard pieces and talk about my imperfections while still trying to hold myself accountable to working on those things. So let's give ourselves and each other grace, but let's continue to do the work too. I feel that this is where oftentimes the conversation really falls short. It's hard to raise children, especially today when many of us have very limited support systems. Maybe we're overscheduled and we have so many voices telling us the things that we must do to our children or with our children. Now, I have to tell you that I've always been a bit of a rebel. I've always challenged authority figures, and that might come out quite a bit in this podcast, as I have found more than ever that as a parent, I'm constantly questioning and challenging the rules and the shoulds, and we're going to challenge these parenting paradigms together. I hope we can navigate this work of parenthood together and reflect on why we believe and do the things that we do so that we can be more intentional with the way we parent. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, please subscribe and leave a review if you feel called to. It really helps our message reach more parents. You can also follow me on Instagram at Taylor Kulik for similar content or visit my website at www.taylorkulik.com. I offer online courses where we really dive into infant and toddler sleep holistically. And we also offer one-to-one holistic sleep support services if you're looking to improve your child's sleep or shift patterns without sleep training. If you know a parent who would benefit from this podcast, please share. And if you'd like to financially support this podcast to allow me to create more episodes more often, you can visit anchor.fm slash Taylor I hope you'll join me next time.